0: in a minute however hold on a second you guys let me make sure i got this right all right there we go so welcome to my 30 days of live um today is day two i'll be live all month on different topics here and there tonight's topic is first let me let you guys know i'm tuning in from Montego Bay um, Jamaica I am here on my client retreat so I thought what better thing to teach tonight than 10 things to consider when you're taking your clients on an international retreat now of course we're here on a coaching retreat but it could be any retreat any students and the reason why I'm not using my video box that I showed you guys yesterday is because I wanted to be able to pick up my phone and show you all the view right now it is so beautiful This is the view off of our balcony so 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 pretty awesome awesome sauce all right so let me get to it got my notes down here on my computer so I have actually oh gosh I forgot to turn off my um, I forgot to turn off my notifications and if anybody is making a comment i can't see comments because i don't know how to do that on my phone but neither here nor there so i have been doing retreats with clients for over 10 years now and we have done tons and tons and tons i can't even count how many domestic retreats we have actually done but this retreat that we're on right now is our fifth international retreat. And like I said, we're in Montego Bay, Jamaica. We just got here today, it's gonna be a grand time. We will be here, my clients will be here through Monday, and then my husband and I are staying a whole nother uh, 10 days, okay? So we'll be here about two weeks. So, I'm not gonna name these in any important order, but these are definitely things you wanna consider. Thing number one you wanna consider in taking your clients on an international retreat is to get a copy of everyone's passport. You are taking people out of the country. Yes, they're grown people, but you never know what can happen. So if you get a copy of everyone's passport, it just puts you in the driver's seat of anything that could happen, prayerfully, hopefully nothing will happen, but the fact of the matter is that it could. And if you, as the facilitator of the retreat, have everyone a copy of everyone's passport it just puts you in a different position it could be something as simple as somebody losing their passport and you have a copy of it as a starting point okay number two the number two thing you want to consider when taking your clients on an international retreat is to get everyone's emergency contact person and um, contact phone number two is better but definitely one their contact person and their contact phone number you never know when you need to reach out to a person you just never know and when you're taking people um abroad out of the country you just you don't want to be in the situation where something happens and you don't even know their loved ones or know to call know who to call or any of those things so always have an emergency contact number or two number three the third thing to consider when taking clients on an international retreat is to create a group communications channel. You want everyone getting the same information so you're not, you're not having to text Sally, you're not having to email Sue, and you're not having to send a Voxer to Tom and send a, 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 a stork post over to, uh, over to Keisha or whatever you want everyone to be in one communication channel it starts to build community before you even get to the location so you want to start that communication channel just a couple of days before the event not more than not more than a week so people start meshing getting excited sometimes we even put like a countdown timer in that communications channel we use um voxer so we have everybody in a boxer for this trip and then like a countdown like oh you know you could say seven more days six more days five more days you know what do you bring are we are we are we having any uh well i don't don't even want to get into that that'll come later maybe even on part two so number four number four ten things you want to consider in a coaching retreat is an international coaching retreat number four is to encourage everyone to stay at the same hotel you guys it sounds simple but it is so much easier to coordinate group activities um especially when you're when you're leaving on a bus at the same time um just if if you could have everyone stay at the hotel and also late nights in the lobby where people are you know chatting it up uh you know, collaborating. That stuff happens off the cuff in, in, in a lobby site type situation. Keep in mind, when you are going to a mastermind, not just international, but when you are going to a mastermind event, you are not just there for the, for the leader of the group, you're there to connect with other like-minded individuals. So if at the end of the teaching day, you're tearing off and you're going over to your own hotel, then you've missed all the sidebar conversations, the, the, you know, the drink at the bar, you know, just just deeper conversations and collaborations that could happen by staying at the same hotel. So you want to encourage everyone to book at the same hotel. And the secret is just provide one hotel of where the event's gonna be. And by default, people will book there, but I encourage you to, to have everyone book at the same hotel all right number five number five the fifth thing you want to consider when taking your clients on an international retreat is this you want to encourage people to connect with people that they would not normally connect with that's the beauty the commonality that that the people have is that they're here trying to become their best self trying to create a business that is its best self and that it's on the forward trajectory and it's growing and it's flourishing and it's expanding the thing is there's people here in 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 the groups that i facilitate that they just looking at the personalities they never would have met or crossed and connected otherwise so encourage people to connect with people that um, that are not nece- that they didn't know already, or that are not necessarily like them, encourage them, you know, meet somebody new. We're here for four days, hang with a different person each day, and, and just see, you know, what can come of it. and Encourage that, right? They're not going to do it on their own, but if you say, hey, on this se- next segment, connect with such and such and such, share stories, you have to facilitate that as a leader of the group, all right? number six number six on 10 things to consider when taking your clients on an international retreat is plan activities that put clients out of their comfort zone oh my goodness listen we're here to expand we're here to evolve we evolve we're here to do things that we normally would not so give people experiences that that either make them a little bit scared. Now, you don't want to freak anybody out and start triggering them, but either make them a little bit scared or that it's an experience of they've only ever seen on T V or on the internet. For example, we're taking our clients on a retreat on Saturday of several retreats, but one of them is where you know you know how you've seen like a horse walking through through water, we're taking our clients to do that. None of them have ever done that. One of them, we were at dinner tonight. Our welcome dinner, another thing that's we'll just consider that a bonus. The night that everyone gets in, have a welcome dinner. You're when you do that, you're immediately getting everyone on the same page and understanding, and that's where you begin to have them mesh. Okay, very, very, very intentional is to have a welcome dinner that first time, that first night. So one of them has never ridden atvs um of the group here i think all but one person um had never been to jamaica which was awesome which is one of the reasons why i picked this location um you just want to you want to you want to you want them to experience something you want them to experience things that they've never experienced before so saturday we're atv riding we are doing a catamaran we are doing zip lining and we are doing the atvs and who knows whatever else we'll get into oh these bugs are coming to get me all i have to I have to hurry up all right number seven number seven of the ten things to consider when taking your clients on an international coaching retreat number seven is get the dietary restrictions ahead of time to ensure that everyone feels accommodated huge my husband is a pescatarian i'm always asking ahead of time is there something going to be something there that he can eat can you accommodate something that that he can eat i am allergic to nuts i'm always asking hey what has nuts in it you want it you want to be cognizant of these things so one of the things that you can do is create a spreadsheet ahead of time Put everybody's name on there. Um, list their dietary restrictions. You know, a lot of this can be captured by um, by uh, an admin on your team or a program director and whatnot, which is who handles it on our team. That has all this stuff in the spreadsheet, from emergency contacts to dietary restrictions to um, you know all these all this pertinent information. Okay number eight number eight on 10 things to consider when hosting an international retreat with your clients number eight is ooh, y'all this really should have been number one because this has to this has to happen these earrings I'm gonna take them out y'all I'm off the cuff I'm unscripted what you see is what you get right number eight is there's pros and cons to a small group versus, you know, bringing a small group on an international retreat versus bringing a larger group. And I'm going to give you a couple of them. A smaller group, don't veer away from a smaller group. We have a smaller group here at this retreat this time. Um, They will get more time with you and more hands-on instruction than your larger groups. With your larger groups, you just can't do that. Um, like, we'll meet tomorrow. The delay the, the is that we're meeting tomorrow in the morning. I'll go over each of their businesses with them. I'm giving them a 90-day action plan. We're diving deep into where they are. Um, and then, actually, before we even do that, I'm gonna look at all, I didn't even tell them this, I'm gonna look at all the notes that from all of the masterminds and conferences I've been to over the last six months, and i'm going to give them the cliff notes for all of those things when i tell you i spend thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on my personal development and, and business advancement i'm going to give them the cliff notes to all of those things first thing tomorrow morning as we start and then after that i'm going to deep dive into each of their businesses and when you have just a few people you can do this right right so don't veer away from a smaller, um, a smaller retreat situation. But again, this is my highest level um, coaching program. Students that are here called expansion. It is a, it is a high ticket. Um, it's a high. It's a thirty-five thousand dollar investment. I don't even have to hide behind what it, it's a thirty-five thousand dollar investment. They paid for every bit of the attention, the one-on-one attention they're going to get tomorrow. And it's not just from me. My program director is here as well and they'll get to not only map out their map out and strategize their coaching for the next three months we will also on sunday we're going to have what we call office hours meaning they can also um, they can also uh, sit with my team and work on their website or their funnels or their copy or their their sales pay, anything that they need on Sunday is a whole free day. So they get to schedule office hours. If I have a team of 50 here, we would not be able to do that. It would not be feasible. So consider when you're going, do you want a small group and all the things that come with that? And do you want a large group and all the things that come with that? Now for larger groups, one of the advantages is um, it's a lot of fun. When you have a lot of groups because people i mean when you have a lot of people because people get in their little their little pockets of who they mesh with and it's just it's just fun now the con to a lot of people is you can't be as intimate on uh you your teach what you're teaching but also when you go off site to a a to a, another uh, property or to excursions you have to look at the expenditure and it and in a lot of places it is a big one the expenditure of renting buses to transport them to that location and back to the hotel. It's a whole situation. So my international retreats, I literally like to keep them like around 12 or less. Um if if, if it's going to be uh we'll, we'll just leave it there. We we'll, maybe we'll we'll invite more of that conversation into part 2. But I like to keep them 12 or less so that we're na- when we're navigating around the city. We have one one bus, we have, or, or um, you know, sprinter van, and, or we can all sit at a, um, a restaurant, hotel, I mean, a restaurant accommodations are a big deal too. If you have a group of 50 people, it's like, oh, you're minimizing when you can get in at peak times. It's just, it's just a whole situation. So decide as you're going in on your retreat, do I want a large group of people? And for all of these reasons, Or do i want a small smaller group of people for all of these other reasons y'all with me Cool, cool all right number nine number nine in ten things to consider when hosting an international coaching retreat number nine is to consider if it is going to be ran as a fulfillment event or a sales event and i'll quickly tell you the difference i could teach a whole day on this right but we're not (laughs) Well, let me let me tell you, you know, the kind of the kind of the pros and cons, not even the pros and cons, because it's not a pro and con. It's just understanding lo- the logistics and the difference between a sales event and a fulfillment event. Quickly, a fulfillment event is say that you've sold a high ticket coaching package and you have included your retreat as part of that package, right? In that case, you're not making any money on the back end off of that retreat because they already paid for that inside of the um inside of the the, the coaching program for example my my group that i have here now is is called expansion expansion is thirty five thousand dollars a year it's a business and personal development group so that's a 12 month commitment they don't have this is a this is a fulfillment event they don't have to to pay for the conference that we are having here. They had to get their flight here and they had to uh, get their hotel. All the excursions, food outside of the resort, all of those things are covered. The instruction that they're gonna have tomorrow, all the gems that I'm giving them, strategizing in their business, all of that is included. Listen, I charge $5,000 an hour to sit with someone one-on-one for one hour. So they're getting like an intense weekend of all the things. Anything you need me to strategize in your business, they're they're getting it, right? So that's included. So this is a fulfillment event. Now, a sales event is you you charge people to come to your event, but at the end you uh, uh you offer the opportunity for them to go to a next level with you. Say, say, for example, if I had an international retreat and it was $5,000 a person or, or whatever the case may be, um, 3,000, 5,000, what it just depends on where it's at, the accommodations, is it single occupancy, double occupancy, y'all know, y'all know the deal. We're grown, grown, right? So look at charging them for coming and the experience and the training and the strategy they're gonna get And at the end of that, you can have the opportunity to say, hey, you spent $5,000 on this one weekend. Now, I do have a group that is $35,000. You could sign up for that group and you can meet with me every other week because that's what we do in my expansion program. You can meet with me every other week on business and personal development. You get a one-on-one voxer line to me to contact me anytime you want in your business, blah, blah, blah do you want to do you want you spent five thousand on this weekend do you want to spend um 30 more and have this me in your in your business and in your pocket all the time it's a no-brainer that would be considered a for that would be considered a sales event so here's the difference the the um the fulfillment event you've made your your money when they signed up for your coaching program. A part of what they paid goes into the excursions and all of that. Pretty advanced strategy, so we won't get into it too much here. To whereas the other one, you make a little on the front end, but you make the most amount of revenue on the back end, but you also have the fulfillment of continuing on with those people for six months, a year, however long, whatever the arrangement is. Y'all with me? I don't know if y'all are talking because I can't see any comments, right? so number 10 number 10 number 10 number 10 the 10th thing that you want to consider for an international coaching retreat is this you want to have your clients create what we call a buddy system meaning that listen these places in many cases are third world countries and you don't want to be caught out in these streets by yourself so, we recommend that our clients get uh, do what we call a buddy system. If you are going to leave the, the resort, then it have at least two people. Three would be better, but have at least two people so no one is by themselves. So, have your clients create a buddy system, okay? You, you help your clients create one. So, thank you for coming to my YouTube, also known as my TED Talk. Tonight we have discussed 10 things to consider when hosting an international coaching retreat. I'll go back over them really quick. It was in these, this is the order that I taught them, but they're not in order of importance. One was get a copy of everyone's passport. Two, get everyone's emergency name and contact number. Three, create a group communication channel to start meshing them before they get there. And so that you can have any updates that you're giving them. Um, during the retreat. Four, encourage everyone to stay at the same hotel. It's just easier across the board. Five, encourage everyone to connect with people they normally wouldn't, they're there to grow. They're there to expand, facilitate that. Number six, plan activities that are outside of your client's comfort zone. So they're experiencing things they never have. You wanna leave them changed, okay? Number seven: Get the dietary restrictions that they have ahead of time, so that everyone feels uh, comfortable, loved on, and accommodated. Number eight: Look at the pros and cons of small groups versus big groups, and do what fits your um, what, what what fits the feeling that you wanted to have. Um, number nine: Consider. Uh, what you will upsell, whether it's a, a fulfillment event or whether it's a sales event. And then number ten, create a buddy system so nobody is out in these third world country streets by themselves. And one bonus I'm going to give you is pick a a hotel and accommodations that aligns with your brand. And so you want to see what I mean? I have a premium brand go over to my shorts and look at the video that i posted earlier today that's showing the hotel it 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 it, it exudes the mood and the feeling of my brand that is not on accident it's not by accident it's intentional so make sure your location is representative of the type of brand that you are have um and want to be want the world to see you as all right All right, you guys. Thanks for joining me. See you tomorrow.